if you remember, or maybe I remind you, we started Paul's letter to Colossians on Wednesday. And Pauline letters are all the letters of St. Paul, the 13 of them in the scripture. They are occasional letters. That is, something was going on in a community or somewhere, and Paul is writing to reply or to respond to whatever it is going on. So in the case of Colossians, uh, the, community, the community there started the worship of angels or spirits, or what you can call spiritism. So Paul was writing in response to remind them of Christ, the true image, like you heard from today's vision, that this is the real thing and not the worship of those spirits that they are engaging themselves in. You know, a kind of practicing idolatry. You can find form of that in our world today. You know, people believe in so many things. Or even a good example, if you go down to New Orleans, around the quarters, you will see people doing reading palms and doing all kind of stuff. And they try to explain reality or existence when they do that. So Paul, having experienced salvation in Christ, now is taking up that mission to respond to this community that Christ is the image of the invisible God. That is, God we do not see. Here in person, we see him in Christ. And it is through him and for him that we are made. And that is from this place we derive uh, one of the, the, the words we use in the liturgy, through him and with him and uh, in him. So it is in him that creation came into existence, and it is for him that we live. So Paul was doing a kind of a Christology. Christology is about Christ himself, you know, the study of Jesus Christ, which is all sal what salvation is all about. So Paul was a kind of giving them that full Christology that everything is explained in and through and with Christ and no one else. That is the joy of knowing him, of coming into his presence like the psalm today tells us. Come into his presence, singing for joy. Know that he, the Lord, is God. We are his people, the flock, his shepherds. And because we are his people, we enter his court with songs of praise, with thanksgiving. And that brings us to the gospel reading today, the connecting dot. We enter his court because in his court is a kind of a wedding feast. And each time the scripture talks about wedding or wedding feast, it is also projecting that Christology that Christ is the bridegroom. And he said, can you make the wedding guest fast when the bridegroom is there? The other Sunday we read, uh, I think last week, Behold the Bridegroom, I think yeah, last week, the Gospel of Matthew 25, uh, when you read about the ten virgins, you know, the five wives and the other ones, they are foolish. So that's also another image of presenting Christ as the Bridegroom, inviting us to the wedding feast. Think about John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana. That's also project the wine and the new one or even the old one. Now is the bridegroom coming to make all things new as we read in the book of Revelation 21. Behold, I come to make all things new. 
And what is the all things making new, like the new wine and old skin? Um, it's usually interpreted in a way that the New Testament is hidden in the old, and the old is, uh, no, rather, the new is contained or hidden in the old, and then the old is revealed in the new. And the fullness of the revelation of the old and the new is in this bridegroom or in the Christology that Paul is explaining to us. It is through him that we can have access to the Father. It is through him we understand the fullness of revelation. It is through him that we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the wonderful light of Christ. And that is why we have to sing with joy into the presence of the Lord. Pope Gregory the Great, the one we're celebrating today, discovered this fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. And of course, as a Pope, just like the one we have now and the previous ones, they always have a huge task before them, leading the flock of God and shepherding after the image of Christ, the invisible God. You know, they say um, a priest is uh, another Christ. And that huge task of shepherding the, the church universally is a, a big responsibility. But Pope Gregory did uh, his, you know, he tried so much. For him to be named a doctor of the church, it means uh, he contributed so much in many of the doctrines in the teachings of the church. And one unique way he is known is uh, in the reform of the liturgy the plain chant, the, some of the Gregorian chants, you may be hearing about Gregorian chants, the Gregorian chant that we sing all the time. We started in the monastery, the Benedictine monastery, they sing uh, the chants that we still use today. So it's one of his great uh, contributions alongside other uh, spiritual writings that he did. Also, he is known to be servants of the servants of God, that is, the kind of humility that he embraced to see himself as a servant, serving other servants, you know, taking after the humility of Christ Jesus in uh, Philippians chapter 2. Although Christ is in the form of God, but he humbled himself. Although he was a pope, he did not cling to that position as a pope. Rather, he became or he calls himself or called himself a servant, you know, that kind of servant leadership. These are all the things we look into when we celebrate some of the things that the church asks us to do, like today we're celebrating St. Gregory, to pick some aspects of their life and try to see how they challenge us and also how they challenge us to walk in the light of Christ, who is calling us to remember to walk always with joy in his presence. May this be our prayer, and may Christ, the Word of God in our hearts, bear fruit always through Christ our Lord. Amen.